season, uh, regardless of, uh, of different thoughts and feelings, regardless of, uh, uh, man, all of the, the, the different things from the past, we can, we can have confidence that in celebrating Christmas, amen? We can have confidence that, man, it's, oh, it's okay for us to celebrate Christmas. And, and regardless of what some of those things may have been used for in the past, those weren't things maybe weren't always Christian, thank God that he is in the business of taking what the enemy meant for evil and turning it for good. Amen? I know that's what he's done for my life, and he's certainly done that for Christmas. But I appreciate what Pastor Mark said, how although Christianity has, has co-opted a lot of those things, the reality of it is, is the culture and the world and the, the powers and principalities that be, man, we better believe that they're trying to do the same thing again to Christmas, aren't they? There, there is no secret, there's no doubt that there is a war on Christmas. You see, the culture is okay for, with us celebrating as long as we're celebrating anything and everything other than Jesus. And so I think it's so important for us as Christians that we walk into this uh, season with uh, both eyes wide open, guarding our hearts, recognizing that our enemy is sneaky. The devil is crafty. And, and so he would uh, have us, man, just go into the season and, and be so easily consumed with all of the things that come with Christmas. And then, uh, uh, man, and, and, but our hearts grow cold or cold. Or, or are distant from him. And so church, I wanna encourage you as we walk into this Christmas season, let our desire to be, uh, let, let us have a desire to have a watchful, uh, a watchful eye on our hearts as followers of Christ, uh, saying, okay, God, I recognize that I, man, I love you, but man, I, my heart is prone to wander, right? I, I wanna serve you, I wanna honor you during this Christmas season, but I recognize that it's easy for me to get consumed with all of the other things that Christmas can so easily become. And so uh, determining in our hearts that this season is all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about the reality of Emmanuel, God with us. And that's really the only thing that ultimately matters. And so that's what we celebrate. And I don't know about you, church, but that's something to celebrate, right? Man, that's something to be excited about. I don't know about you, but when I think about it, it messes with my mind a lot. Like, like how can the God, the creator of everything, the holy, perfect one, come and dwell amongst us? Us messed up, screwed up, like weird people, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to come hang out with them. That church, that's a miracle. That's something only God can do. And I am so thankful. And so as Christians, we have to, man, continue uh, as we go into this season, praising God, remembering that, man, that's what it's all about. So, let's, uh, so that's what I want to do. And I want to talk about that with you. As we, as we look at the Christmas story today, uh, there's uh, so much there, but I want to just highlight a few things that God has just really been laying on my heart during this Christmas season, convicting me about. And so uh, if you would, let's look at our passage of scripture. The title of my message today is simply a treasure in a trough. Uh, it says in verse one of Luke chapter two, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. 
And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Bow your heads if you would. Let's pray together. Dearly Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you so much. Uh, as we step into this Christmas season, we thank you for what we celebrate, the reality uh, of, of God with us. And, and, and Lord, we recognize that uh, there are so many things that the culture and the world wants to make Christmas to be, but we, we ask today that in our hearts, Lord, we would worship you in everything that we do. And God, that you would draw us closer to you this Christmas season. And for those who may not know you, that they would come to know you, that they would have the revelation that the shepherds had about the baby in the manger, the Savior. We thank you for it and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Praise God. So a, a couple of, of things I just want to kind of highlight to you, some things that uh, I, I just feel like as we've been, you know, getting into this uh, Christmas season and, and preparing and, and, and uh, all the different things happening and going on, just some of the things that I feel like God has been speaking to me and laying on my heart that I feel uh, would be uh, something that would be relatable to all of you as well. So a few things. So the first thing uh, I want to share with you is the highs and lows of Christmas. The reality of it is, is that Christmas has its highs, but it also definitely has its lows. And I think it's important for us to recognize this because especially like as Christians, we can read the story. We can read this Christmas story and we can read it and we can, man, we can, it feels good. You know, we've, we, we know the, the, the picture of the nativity and, and, and the shepherds and the angels and the star and the, you know, the donkeys or whatever. And it's just this beautiful picture, you know, and, and it feels really good. And, and we can just read that story and we can see the, the nativity in our minds and just go, man that what a beautiful what a beautiful story but but I want to ask you this morning why is it such a beautiful story 
Why is the Christmas story, why, why do we read this and, and, and have such you know, warm feelings in our heart and go, man, that's such a beautiful story? The reason why it's such a beautiful story is because of Jesus, right? It's because of, of, of God coming to earth. But, but take Jesus out of the story and what do you have? Dude, you have a bummer story, right? You, you have a lame story. I mean, yes, the story's beautiful, but you, it's beautiful because of Jesus. It's beautiful because of what God is doing and the reality of that. But everything else, man, that's rough. Everything else that's happening in the story is not like good feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this isn't like, oh, yeah, I, I want to be there and experience that. It's kind of some rough stuff. So the beauty of the story, and let us understand the beauty of it, is Jesus and Jesus alone. As soon as you take Jesus out of that story, it's not a story. That's, like, that's not a movie people want to go see, you know? It, that's not, uh, it's just, there's nothing there but, like, like difficult circumstances. And, and that's the point that I, I want us to, to grab a hold of today and re- realize that, that Christmas, yeah, it has its highs, but the high is Jesus. Honestly, everything else is like a low. Everything else could, can be a, 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 a letdown. And so I think it's important for us because I, I, we have a tendency to look at the Christmas story, to, to look past the trough to the treasure that's in it, Right? which is a good thing, right? Because that's what it's all about. But sometimes we forget that the treasure came in a trough. We don't even like to use the word trough. We say it's a manger. It's so wonderful, a manger. No, yeah, but it, 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 that sounds better, but it's still a trough, right? Like that's still the thing that animals ate. Have you seen that before? It's, man, I don't need laying my kid in that, you know? Like there's no way. It, it, we, we, we miss sometimes the fact that Christmas, when Jesus came, it was beautiful because Jesus came, but understand that he came in some rough situations. He came and he laid in a dirty manger, a dirty animal's feeding trough. That's when God came to the earth. That's where he came. And so let us understand, it's good that we don't always like think about it that way. You know, that's okay. But, but let us not give, like, it, it becomes bad when it gives us a false expectation of what Christmas should be for us today. So we get this, like, I think sometimes we can we fall into that trap where we get this false expectation where we, we, we read the Christmas story and it's this beautiful nativity and everything's beautiful and wonderful and warm feelings, but that's not always the reality, is it? So let us not forget Yes, Christmas has its high. Jesus is the high, but it came with a lot of lows. It came with difficult situations and circumstances. And and I think uh, as a result, we can get this false expectation of what Christmas should be for us. Everybody should just feel good all the time and be happy all the time and everything's wonderful all the time. It wasn't for them. It wasn't for them that were involved in that first Christmas, but that's kind of the power of nostalgia, right? There's a lot of nostalgic feelings when it comes to Christmas time, and, 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 and I think sometimes what happens is we, we look at Christmas with, uh, through, through the lens of those nostalgic feelings, and as a result, what nostalgia does, nostalgia has a tendency, and it's not bad, but we just need to recognize it, right? It has a tendency to cause us to look at things with these rose-colored glasses, that we filter everything through some sort of feeling or, or warm feeling or memory or whatever it might be, whether that's totally true or, or not, right? Whether that's truly the reality of, of, of the situation or not, you know? And so 
Laura and I will we'll do this a lot. We'll, we'll, we'll reminisce, and we'll reminisce about, about the good old days. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever reminisce with somebody about the, remember the good old days, you know? Weren't the good old days, weren't those the best days? And Laura and I, we'll, we'll do that, like, and we'll, we'll remember the good old days when we first got married, right? Like, oh, man, those, wasn't that great when we, the good old days, we call them the, the apartment days, right? When we, we first got married, and we lived in this little apartment, and we had no money, and we were dumb, <laughs> Those were the good old days, right? We, we were broke as a joke, and we had no idea what we were doing. I remember coming home uh, to that little apartment uh, when we were first married, coming home after the wedding and everything, and, and looking around and going, hey, where's the toilet paper, right? Like, like the revelation that we have to buy that? <laughs> like, like, that doesn't just come standard in every bathroom? Like, what's going on here? And what a bummer, like that first shopping trip to Walmart was, man, like we had no money and we had, again, no sense of what we were doing. And so going to Walmart and like having to spend your hard earned cash on toilet paper, the stuff you have to use to like clean your rear end, are you kidding me? Like, like now I don't have any money for anything fun, right? Like this is, this, this is, this is lame, this is boring. It, it, it was tough. Oh, those were the good old days, you know? <laughs> Well, we always talk, whenever we talk about the days in the apartment, Lauren always uh, brings this up when we start, when, man, I miss the apartment. She's like, yeah, remember when we both had the swine flu at the same time? Oh, yeah, that was great. Because <laughs> we did, we, we came down, we were super sick. Again, we, 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 were, we, were, we had nothing, we, had to take, I had, we both had to take a whole week off work, which we couldn't afford to do, because we both got super, super sick. We're in this little apartment, and, you know, we, we, we're, we're just just in pain, and man, there's like explosive everything coming out of everywhere, you know what I mean? Like, like it's not when you're like about to get married, like marriage is going to be so awesome and romantic because we're going to be like throwing up together, you know what I mean? Like, you don't think about it that way, but reality hits you hard and fast sometimes. And all of a sudden, you realize, oh, this is marriage, okay. <laughs> And I remember, I remember laying on the, the floor in our, you know, outside the bathroom in our apartment, just laying there, just, oh, just in pain and just waiting for, for Lauren, come on, baby, you got, you got to, I, I need to get in there. So it's like, no, I can't, I can't get out. And I didn't realize at that moment, that would be the defining moment of the rest of my marriage, right? Like waiting for my wife to get out of the bathroom. Come on, guys. You guys know. <laughs> <laughs> and we look back down we'll be talking about that like oh yeah that those were the good days right and anybody like listening we're like are you insane like that sounds awful what's wrong with you guys i don't know it just feels good for some reason was it terrible yes that's the power of nostalgia. We, we have a tendency to, to, to filter those things out. and We just remember like just the warm fuzzies and we forget about all the really difficult stuff that we went through. We forget sometimes about how, how we got to where we were and, and the reality of this church when we come into this uh, time of Christmas, please let us understand that Christmas isn't always just warm feelings. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Hopefully, we, we, you, know, you, you have some good memories of Christmas, you know, growing up or whatever it might be with your, your family. I, uh, I'll never forget my, uh, uh, my, my best Christmas, right? My, my very best Christmas ever was, uh, I, I don't know if this really was my best Christmas. I just remember it as my best Christmas, you know, nostalgia. 
But uh, I was in high school, and we woke up Christmas morning. We were all there together, and we were in the living room, and we were uh, unwrapping presents. And I remember thinking, like, after a time of unwrapping presents, like, like man, I did pretty good this year, right? Like, like I, I got a good haul, you know? This is, this is, this is some good, like, like, feeling good, you know? Like, I, man, I did good, you know? Think about what I'm going to tell my friends later about what I got. And then, um, and then my dad snuck off into the garage, and he came out with this giant box, this giant package. Well, it, wasn't, it was like this, but it felt like it was like this, you know what I mean? It was just, like in my mind, it was massive. And he comes walking into the living room with this, this massive box, right? And he says, oh, we forgot one. Trevor, this is for you. And I'm like, what? You know? And so like, this is, this is exciting. And so he, he gives me this last gift. And uh, so I begin to tear open the wrapping paper and, and there underneath the wrapping paper was my very first Xbox, okay? The, ori- the original Xbox, right? Uh, with Halo, you know, it was, it was like, and it blew me away because I wasn't expecting it, right? Like, I, 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 I wasn't, I don't, I don't think I was asking for it, like I wasn't expecting it for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I just didn't get the feeling like my parents wanted me to have video games. Like, that was when video games, like, were not, like, not everybody had them all the time, right? And so I just didn't get the feeling like my parents wanted me to have uh, a video games in my room. I, I, I just, you know, like, I, they were kind of weird. They're like, no, we, we don't want you spending hours all day long playing video games. I don't know what was wrong with them. They were, you know, they, they tried to be good parents, but they got some things wrong, you know. And so they, I just didn't think they wanted me to, to have it. And then beyond that, I just didn't think we could afford it, you know. It was expensive, and, and it was just probably, it was just way out there. So I was just, there was no way we were, I was going to get it, didn't expect it. It was fine. I was content with what I had. But then came the Xbox, and I, I'll never forget opening that cardboard box with the big, beautiful green X on it and, and opening it and just getting hit with that fresh smell of factory plastic, and I got to tell you, man, that's a great smell. Just right, just fresh factory plastic right off the boat from China. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And, and even to this day, man, if I, if I get a whiff of some fresh factory plastic, it takes me back. I just good, those are good memories, good feelings. You know, I, I, I like it. Uh, we, we have those, those uh, nostalgic memories, and, and, and that's often, I, I call it my Xbox moment. And sometimes we can walk into Christmas saying, man, I, I want to have my Xbox moment. I want my friends or my family to have an Xbox moment. I want them to, to, to walk away with that powerful feeling that just won't ever leave them every time they smell plastic, right? I want them to think of me. You know, uh, that, that was my, uh, from what I can remember, my best Christmas ever. I, uh, but I also can tell you, I remember my worst Christmas ever. It was just a few years after my best Christmas. And I can't tell you what I got for Christmas that year or didn't get. I, I can't tell you what was uh, going on with my friends or what kind of exciting, fun things we did uh, th- that year for Christmas. I, I don't really remember much of the celebration. All I remember that year for Christmas was brokenness. Because that was the first Christmas after my sister had just passed away. And she was in her early 20s at the prime of her life and just... No, for no reason at all, just out of nowhere, gets hit with this really, really rare bacterial infection. And the doctors did everything they could for, for, for weeks. And finally, it took her life. And it shook my parents and me and my family to our absolute core. 
It was not something we were expecting or ready for at all, as as some of you have experienced in your own life. And we couldn't believe it. And then that year, trying to, get, trying to, to celebrate Christmas felt like it was, why? Because instead of, instead of all the, the, the warm Xbox-type feelings, all there was was just hurt and brokenness. And I remember you know, waking up Christmas morning, and I just wanted to be happy. I just wanted to feel good. That's what Christmas should be, right? Feelings of happiness. And and so here I am, I'm I'm waking up on Christmas, but there's no happiness there. And we're trying, and my parents are there, and they're trying, but we're faking it, you know? And we're we're just going through the motions, and and, and the reality of it is, is we were hurt, and we were broken, and, and it was just like, man, what is there to celebrate? Because all it was was like a reminder of what we didn't have. All it was was a reminder of the hurt that we were dealing with. All it was 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 a reminder of just God, where are you, and those kinds of feelings. But church, I want you to know something today, that if you've experienced hurt and pain, and Christmas is a reminder of those kinds of things, can I tell you something that's okay Christmas is for you because there was a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of brokenness and guess what Jesus came into the hurt and into the pain and into the brokenness Jesus came to lay in a dirty manger a dirty feeding trough so yes, Christmas can have its highs and praise God you know, for whatever Xbox feelings or whatever. Listen, but, but let us not expect that. Let us not walk into Christmas thinking we, our family should look like a Hallmark movie. You're going to be disappointed. Listen, you can come into Christmas feeling hurt and feeling broken and feeling frustrated, and that's okay. And guess what? Even with all of those, the reality of all of those feelings, you still have something to celebrate because Jesus came into the brokenness. Jesus came into the darkness to let the light shine. So if you are feeling kind of like a Grinch, that's okay. Christmas is for you. He came for the Grinches. He came for the hurt, hurting. He came for the broken. He came for, those, for, the, for the dirty and the destitute. Jesus came for that. So listen, Christmas has its highs and its lows. And I, I just want you to know today, if you're feeling low, that's okay. Christmas is for you. If you're going through it, if you're having a hard time, listen, you don't have to fake it. God's not surprised by it. He's not upset by it. He's not saying, man, you better be really happy during Christmas. No, he gets it. That's why he came, church. That's the whole point of it all. So the first thing I want us to, to understand today is Christmas has its highs and lows. And that's what the, one of the big things I see in this story, just looking at it. Jesus came. Man, that's a huge high. That's something for us to get excited about. But he came into a dirty, difficult, hurting situation. Praise God for that. The second thing that I see here is uh, in Luke, uh, in verse 11 here in our our passage of scripture, it says, for unto you, the angels are speaking to the shepherds and they say, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. The second point I want to make to you is unto you. Christmas is unto you. It's for unto you. The angels were speaking to the shepherds when they said it. The angel was speaking to the nobodies, to the not enoughs. And the angels came to the not enoughs, to the nobodies, and said, hey, 
it's for you. All of this is for you. So, you know, Christmas kind of changes when you become a parent and, and it really, like, the focus shifts to the kids, you know, and it's all, like, wanting, and, and I don't know about you, but I've, this is something, like, I feel like God just kind of been convicting my heart on because you start to, I, I start to get, like, these feelings, and I don't know if you do too, but, like, like man, I want to make Christmas just awesome for them, you know, like, I want to have, I want them to have their Xbox moment, you know what I mean, like, like, I want them just to feel great and to be happy, and, and, and all of a sudden, there's, like, like, this pressure and this fear, like, what if, what if it's not good enough, right, like, what if, what if I don't get the right gift, or, 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 or what if we don't have the, the, the right, you know, uh, uh, you know experience? What if, what if they don't have those warm, fuzzy feelings? And all of a sudden, like, there's this fear, like, oh, oh, man, what if Christmas isn't enough this year? What if it isn't enough for my family? What if it, if it isn't enough for my friends? What if, it, what if it isn't enough for those around me? And there becomes, like, this fear and this weight that can come along with it that, that we have to perform in some way or we have to, to, to you know, to show up. And, and, and the reality of it is, is we begin to feel like, man, what if, what if I fail? What if I'm a disappointment? What if I'm not enough? But, church, I want you to know today that he was for unto you the not enoughs that Jesus came. I think about the characters in that first Christmas. Man, they weren't enough. I think about Mary. Who, who was Mary? Who was Mary to, to uh, give birth to God? Right? Like, like, how, like how, man, who was she? She, wasn't, she didn't have any kind of special training. She didn't have any kind of special education. She didn't have money or power or position. She had nothing. She was just a girl. That was it. She didn't choose it. God chose her. She wasn't enough. I love what she says in her, in her prayer that she sings in, in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 48. She says this. She has this wonderful response. Like the angel's like, hey, you know, I know you've never been in with anybody, but you're going to have a kid. Like, okay, rock your world time, right? Mess up your plans in your life. And she has a wonderful response. Hey, I'm your servant, whatever, you know, whatever the Lord's will is. Beautiful faith. And she says this in her prayer. She says, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, for now, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. So that's what she's saying there. She's saying, who am I? Who am I? I'm nobody. But for now on, all generations will call me blessed. Not because of anything I could do or will do, but because of everything that God is doing. She wasn't enough. She recognized she wasn't enough. I think, I think about Joseph. Man, man, poor Joseph, here he is. He's, he, he's excited and he's ready to start this new chapter in his life. He's got this beautiful bride and, oops, she's pregnant. It wasn't me, you know? This is weird. She says, she says it was the Holy Spirit. I ain't buying it, right? And so here's, so here's Joseph and he's prepared in his heart. Check this out, man. Jesus came and his parents were on the verge of divorce. Joseph had decided and determined in his heart, I'm, I, I can't do this, and, and he had determined to divorce her. He had his mind made up. He was preparing to leave her and, and to just call it all off. And, and, and only, listen, the only way that G, like, like Jesus' earthly parents were able to stay together was through divine intervention. Listen, some of you think, man, man, our, our marriage is kind of rough. Things, things aren't good. Listen, listen, if you're having a, a rough marriage, hey, Christmas is for you. 
Think about it. Some of you feel really bad that you got to come in for like marriage counseling with Pastor Mark. Man, Joseph and Mary, they needed an angel, all right? Like there was no human that could have done it, right? Like, they, he, like the only way that he stayed with her was because an angel said, yo, Joseph, just slow down. This is, this is legit. That's, otherwise, he was gone. Think about that. You, you, think, you, know, you think you got marriage problems? You don't, man, they, got, they had marriage problems. They hadn't even started marriage yet. And they're like, we got problems here. <laughs> it was only by the grace and divine intervention of God that they were able to stay together. And, th- and think about how he felt in all of that. I mean, a whirlwind of, of emotions and feelings and difficulty and just praise God, man, a man of faith stepping out in faith, right? I mean, I mean, I think about this. I mean, I mean, Gabriel showed up to Mary. Joseph, you know, he, he had to have a dream, you know. So he had faith. And he stayed with her. And so, so they, they take off. They leave. They're like, all right, let's get out of town. I, I can't help but imagine like this whole uh, go get registered thing was a great excuse for them to get out of the drama, you know. Let's, let's just get out of town, man. Let's get away from all of the gossip and all the dirty looks. And let's, let's, he just wants to take Mary and just try to get away. This is, man, life has been crazy and hectic. Let's get away. And so they do that. They get away. They travel far away, all the way to Bethlehem. And oh, yeah, your wife's super pregnant, right? Forgot about that. And so now here he is in another town and his wife is ready to give birth and there's, there's man, there's no family, there's no friends, there's no jobs, there's no resources, there's nothing there. He doesn't even, man, he didn't even make reservations. He blew it, you know? And I just think, man, he's gotta be feeling terrible right now. He's like, man, I am the worst provider on the face of the earth and I've gotta take care of God, And I can't help it. If I'm, Joseph, if I'm Joseph, I'm like, God, you could help me out here a little bit, at least like a nice room for my wife to give birth. And he's like, how about this dirty cave in the back of the, the inn, you know? This barn. What? It's like, no. But you know, that was all God's plan. It had to, I, I imagine with Joseph, it was causing all kinds of anxiety and stress, but God's like, no, this is what I'm doing. I, I'm doing this. Joseph's like, no, this isn't good enough for this isn't good enough for the Messiah. This isn't good enough for Emmanuel. And God's like, no, 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 this is what I've chosen. Joseph wasn't good enough. He couldn't provide for his family. He, and, and now here's his, his wife, and, and she's giving birth in this, this cave or this barn, whatever it, it was, and there's animals all over, and it's dirty, and it's stinky, and, and, and she doesn't even have her family or her friends, no support. So what's the support that God brings? Oh, some stinky shepherds that uh, they sleep outside, cuddled up with the sheep to stay warm, you know. They'll come be your emotional support, Right? She didn't, have, she, didn't have her, she didn't have her doula. She had the shepherds, right? Like, that's, that's who God provided. And guess what? They weren't good enough, but man, that was who God came to. These, these, these dirty guys who've been sleeping out rough and, and, and tough and just not really the kind of guys you'd say, hey, come watch me give birth, you know? Come hold my hand while this thing's happening. Like, no, probably didn't even have time to, to, to clean up or take a shower. They were just like, hey, God told us to come here. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> Why not at this point? I don't care. Yeah. Right? And so, like, here are these, I mean, these guys, these guys, these guys weren't, I mean, they weren't on the top of your, your guest list, you know? 
They were the rejects of society. People didn't care for the show. They didn't like them, man. They were, they, 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 were, they were thieves. They were roughnecks, man. They couldn't even testify in court. Nobody liked the shepherds, yet God came and said, you're invited. They weren't good enough. The, 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 the stable where she gave birth, it wasn't good enough. A place for animals. Man, how weird is that? When God chose to come, he chose to come in a place where animals lived. The lowest place you could go. And God said, that's where, that's where I'm going to come. And they laid him in a trough. And church, let, let me just tell you, regardless of, of what you're facing or going through or stress or drama or whatever it might be, listen, uh, if you're feeling this Christmas season like you're not good enough, guess what? You're not. You're not good enough. I don't feel bad. I'm not good enough. Mary wasn't good enough. Joseph wasn't good enough. The shepherds weren't good enough. The, the stable wasn't. None of it, none of it was good enough. Yet Jesus came and he came, church, for the not good enoughs. Amen. He came for the you and the me. He came and he said on to, to the shepherds, he said, unto you, unto you, the not good enoughs, unto you, the rejected, unto you, the worthless, unto you, the forgotten, unto you, I have come. Unto you a Savior is born. Church, wherever, whatever you're facing or struggling with, listen, know this today. Unto you a Savior was born. In your depression, unto you a Savior was born. Uh, in your poverty, unto you a Savior was born. In your, uh, your, your pride and your arrogance, unto you a Savior was born. A Savior was born unto you and unto me. For the not good enoughs. Church, Jesus came for us. Despite the difficulties, despite the drama, despite the hurting, despite the brokenness, Jesus came in all of it. And so let us, as we go into Christmas, we should now understand, okay, like, like man, it, Christmas really isn't about the feels that we may or may not get. It, it's not about having those, those, those moments and, and let it not become about that. If we have, listen, if we have those moments, praise God for that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying not to have them, right? Like, like, do what you do. But let us ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? Are we doing what we're doing because we're pursuing a baby in a manger? Or is it because we have the baby in the, in the manger and that's why we do what we do? And it should come from that place where we recognize, man, I, unto us a Savior is born. Therefore, we're going to give gifts. Therefore, we're going to decorate. Therefore, we're going to sing. Therefore, we're going to worship. Therefore, we're going we're to do those things. Not because we're trying to pursue it, because we have it. We have it, and we want to share it. The, sh the shepherds, they left there, and they're like, dude, we got to tell people. And they were telling people, and people wondered at it. They're like, what is up with these guys? They're, they're weird. People wondered at it. Let our, let, our, let our celebration, let it be loud, let it be, let it be wondrous, but let it be because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, not because of what we're trying to pursue during the Christmas season. Does that make sense? Yeah. So with this understanding, the, the, the third thing I see here is, um, while they're in, in verse seven, it says, and she, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because because there was no room for them in the inn. So the third thing I see here, and the question I'd ask is, is room for Jesus? Is there room for Jesus in our celebration? Is there room for Jesus in our Christmas? Is, is there room for Jesus in our life, in our lifestyle, in the things that we do? I think this is so interesting because before Jesus is even birthed, the world is already rejecting him. 
The king of all kings is being born. Sorry, man, we're booked. I don't know what to tell you. You know? The savior of the world has come. That's great. But, you know, uh, Augustus, he's got all these people moving around. And, you know, we're just, I, I don't got time for that. The savior of the world, the Messiah has come. Yeah, but we got to open some presents, you know? Right? Like, oh, the Savior of the world has come. Well, yeah, but we've got our celebration. We've got, we got to go to this family dinner. We've, man, yeah, yeah we, know, we know Jesus is important, but, man, we've, we're kind of busy right now. And listen, let us do all of those things. Again, don't take me wrong here. But my question is, is, is there room for Jesus in it? You see, I think as Christians we know, we know in our, our, heart, our heads, Christmas is about Jesus. But again, but do we know it in our hearts? Are we... Are we content with just Jesus? If we didn't have any of it, if we had nothing else but Jesus, would that be enough? Because see, their Christmas, you, know, you see, we, we, we love to have, you know, the warm feelings and all the good stuff, you know, for Christmas. Like, like we, it's like we want to be in the inn for Christmas, right? Like we want to be in the inn and we want to be opening presents and celebrating in the inn, but Jesus wasn't in the inn, he was out back. And the question is, is would that be enough? Right? Like we, 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 if we don't have all the thoughts or expectations, whatever it might be, would it be enough? Is Jesus enough? Is, is, is he enough for us to get excited about? Just him. A, a baby in a dirty animal trough, is that enough for us to sing about? Is that enough for us to celebrate? Is that enough for us to tell people about? Is, is that enough? I, I love this, uh, this parable that, that Jesus Gives. This is one of my favorite parables in Matthew chapter 13. He says in verse 44, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. See, Jesus is saying, this is, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. He's like, this is this guy, and all of a sudden, it's not, he's not even looking for it. He doesn't even, but just, man, out of nowhere, like God reveals this treasure. And he discovers this beautiful, priceless treasure. And he recognizes this has value. This is important. And so in his excitement, he covers it up and he goes and he sells all that he has. And he gives it all away. He gives it all up just so he could obtain the treasure in the field. Why? Because that's better. It's better than his, everything he has. It's better than everything he's worked for. It's better. Yes. He says, I'm willing to give it all up if I can have the kingdom of God. That's, that, he says, that's what, that's what, when we discover Jesus, we get to this point where we're like, it's just Jesus. And if there's other things, fine. If there is no other things, fine. I got Jesus. And it comes to a point where we begin to recognize he is enough. Am I enough? No. Are you enough? No. Are the celebrations enough? No. But guess what? He is. He's enough. He's enough. And when we, when we discover, and that's the, man, have we discovered that in our hearts, church? Because when you do discover it in your heart, there is a shift that happens. And all of a sudden, the things that you once cared about, you don't care about. You say, I'll give it all away. I just want Jesus. Because he's enough. And so the question is, and it's kind of a, a ironic question, is there room for Jesus? He's not looking for us to make room. He's looking for us to be willing to get rid of everything so that he's the only thing in the room. Yeah. Yeah. 
saying, hey, it's just you, and I just want you, and I'm satisfied with you. Again, don't, don't take me wrong here. I'm not saying we don't celebrate. I'm saying why we celebrate. We, we, we celebrate because I got him. And so out of that, out of that knowledge, out of that revelation, out of that reality comes all kinds of good and awesome things. But it's not determined on whether or not it feels good or doesn't feel good. It's not determined on my Xbox moment. It's not determined on the Hallmark channel. It's not determined on the decor. It's not determined by any of those things. It's determined by Jesus and that revelation that we have. He is good enough. The reality is, church, we're the trough. We are the animal trough. And Jesus God says, I want to come and I want to dwell in your life. I want to come and dwell in your brokenness, in your hurt, in your sin, in your pain. I want to come into your broken world. Will we let him? <laughs> That's some good news. Listen, I don't know about you, but that the reality of Emmanuel blows my mind. I don't get it. How can it be possible? How could the creator of everything, the God of all wonders, of, uh, the God of yesterday, today, and forever, the all-powerful, all-knowing God himself, who could know him, who could comprehend him, that God, he loves us so much that he said, I'm gonna come into your world, your messed up, dirty, broken, sinful world. That's where I'm going. What? Church, how is that possible? Jesus said it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. It, it can't happen, but God. And it happened. He came. He came into our world, he, and he, he wants to come into your world. He wants to come into your world. So let, listen, don't let Christmas become about your Christmas, your world. Of, no, Jesus wants to come in. He wants to invade it. That the, in the center of our hearts, it would be all about Jesus. So, room for Jesus. The fourth thing, and worship team, you guys can come and prepare yourselves. The fourth thing I want to share with you today is, is simply this, peace. Because when we get to this place where we have, we, we, we begin to recognize like, okay, Christmas has its lows. And I'm okay with that because I have the high. I have Jesus. And he's enough. And I'm not enough, but he's enough. And he came on, on to us. And so we're going we're gonna to make room for him. We're going to make all the room for him. We're going to make it all about him. And in everything we do, we do it from this place of knowing that our Savior came into our broken, messed up world and life, not because we deserved it or earned it or did something for it, just because, because he wanted to, because he said it was good, because he loves us. And when we begin to do that and recognize that and say, okay, I'm not gonna pursue feelings. I, I, I'm not gonna worry about the nostalgia, although it's there and that's nice. But I'm not gonna make it about those things. I'm just satisfied with Jesus. I'm just content and, and whatever we're doing or not doing, it's just Jesus. And I'm just happy with Jesus. And when we get to that point, church, the promise that we have is the same promise that the angel gave to the shepherds that night. Where he says in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those 
whom he is pleased. When, it, when, when we recognize that it's all about Jesus, oh man, we can rest in his peace. And that's, man, like there, there, there's so much we can talk about there. But I'll just say that's your promise. That's the promise that God has given you, that you can know peace. And so when we celebrate Christmas, understand that we are celebrating the reality of peace that's been given to us. That God is giving us peace. And we can rest in Him. So what? You burned the cookies. I, I got peace. Because I got Jesus. Right? Ah, so what? You, you, you didn't get the right gift again this year. You should know my size by now. Right? It's like, I got, I got peace. Because I got Jesus. I didn't get up on the roof to put the lights up this year. I didn't want to die. It was cold and windy. It's all right. I got peace. Or maybe you almost died trying to put up the lights. It's okay. You got peace. <laughs> Whatever it is. That is the promise that God has for us. That is, the, 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 that is what we should be carrying in our demeanor through this Christmas season. Let the world freak out over everything. Let his children walk in peace, knowing the baby in the animal trough, the treasure in the trough. Amen? Let's pray together. Dearly, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for this great promise that you've given us. We thank you for this incredible treasure that we can know today. And we thank you that that treasure did not come beautifully packaged in a bow, but Lord, it came in the midst of hurt and pain and difficulty. Our hurt, our pain, our difficulty. Lord, your desire is to come and invade that. And I pray that every person would know you in that capacity today. Lord, that we would make room for you in every area of our life, that we would give it all away so that we can have you because you are enough. I thank you for it. Let that be our heart. Let that be our Christmas. We thank you for it, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen? Stand to your feet if you would. Let's, let's close out with this song of worship together. The altar is open. If you would like prayer, we would love to pray with you. Maybe Christmas comes with some baggage. Maybe Christmas comes with some pain. Maybe Christmas comes with some hurt feelings. That's okay. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to mourn with you. We'd love to cry with you. Maybe Christmas comes with great nostalgia. Hey, we want to celebrate with you. Whatever it may be, listen, the altar's open. We're here. Let's worship him together. A child has been given. The king of our freedom. Sing for the light has come. This Christmas, come and adore Him, bring gifts before Him, joy to the world, worship the Son, this is Christmas.
His name is Jesus, amen. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Pastor Trevor. Amazing message. Thank you all. Listen, please don't forget. Take their missionary ornament. And uh, again, bless those who are working around the world to share Jesus' name, to share the glory of God. And don't forget, take your uh, Lead the Way Christmas box. Please make sure one for family so that we have enough for everybody. God bless you all. Church is not over. Church is about to begin. Go be the church. We will meet at 1.30 over at our house, and we're going to let the light shine in that place. So join us. If you can't make that, and you're certainly welcome, come 4 o'clock at Rocky Mountain Nursing Home. God bless you all. Have a beautiful and wonderful day. This is Jesus.